Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Wrecking Crew Podcast. Uh, this week will be the first uh, podcast probably in the new shop that y'all hear. Uh, we're still figuring out our settings. Uh, as always, uh, remember our show sponsors, Three Rivers Coffee Company, uh, Conviction Game Calls, Rectifier Choke Tubes, Cirrus Wind Indicators, and Apex Protein Snacks. Alright, let's dive into this week. Uh, well, uh, yes, it's very loud to the headphones. What, the air conditioner? No, I can hear the AC, but it probably it's not picking up as bad as I think it is. But uh, this week will be the first week <laughs> or the first episode that we have uh, Keith Dodd on the podcast, which is my dad, Noah's father-in-law. Uh, he is. This is weird. <laughs> he can sit in front of a camera and talk to the thin air, but he can't sit on the mic and talk to you. Uh, just uh we're going to talk a little bit about the shop, how he got to this part, point uh, in the business, and uh, probably go into uh, a little bit of Africa, because uh, he likes to talk about Africa. So, with, Dad? With other people than my kids. <laughs> I don't understand what I'm doing. Uh, uh, talk a little bit about your business and w what you've built it to be. I hadn't built it to nothing. It just built itself. Well, how did it get to this point? Just word of mouth from customers. That's the main thing. Yeah. Did you ever think we'd be here? No. <laughs> Figured I'd be in a little peenanny shop the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it has come a long way. Yep. Yeah. Has been a blessing, to be honest. Just word of mouth from other people, hunters, started using us a long time ago, and then, and then they just kept growing. And I'm very fortunate. Sometimes I wish I was down there at the steel mill still, but I'm appreciative of all the the support over the years. We oh. could we couldn't be where we're at, moving up into what we're moving into, <clears throat> if it wasn't for all the clients that we've had over the years for sure and i'm very thankful well uh the ones that ain't from around here that's li listening and we have been well we started out in a uh what what is it a 10 by 12 mm, yeah about a 10 by 12 foot little taxidermy shop and a 10 by 12 meat shop yeah about that and uh couple Mayfield coolers to begin with no insulation in the building and then uh, then we started the first year we started cutting uh, we done 375 deer I can remember a lot yesterday and I thought my god well, I don't think we'll ever be able to handle no more than that and then it kept getting busier and busier every year and now we've, we've been doing a thousand to fifteen hundred and something a year. So it it uh, but we've had to have more more manpower and better equipment. We've had to take a lot of money and invest in the stuff to speed us up. But so far, I've had 
pretty pretty good luck with keeping some young helpers around every year so it's we've been fortunate to be able to keep it going and then we moved up to the four-way stop what six six years in or three years in yeah we moved to the four-way stop about three years after we stayed in a little shop we got a bigger place then and then our landlord they so after about three years up there they sold it and we had to move back home so we was put in a a bind so i had to get a another little portable building pretty much to do the taxidermy work in and we we added on to the little old meat shop got it going that year and when we stayed in it for several years and then then we've invested into the new the new big big shop now so we've got everything back under one roof so we're doing good yeah we went from uh a, a, a thousand square foot combined to three thousand square foot total uh, in under one roof. Uh, and that, that thousand is not under one roof. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 it was separate. <laughs> I walk, I walk about ten miles a day during deer season, going back and forth to each shop. So it, this here is, should make it a lot better since I'm, I'm getting old. So, so we're looking forward to it. We hope our customers are looking to our, uh, will like this building a whole lot better. It, it'll be more friendly to them. Yeah, we ain't going to get rid of them. John's already been here two, two days in a row hanging out. Uh, John. Uh, Rockman. Rockman. Yeah. He's had to have two excuses to come up here two days in a row. <laughs> to sit in here and hang out uh so yeah we're looking forward to that uh um, maybe we'll see you guys around um we'll get into talking about africa this is the guy that's got all of us to go to africa uh, uh he tries to talk everybody that says it's too expensive into going uh and i'll let him talk about africa for a little bit mm. It ain't, that's one thing most people will say, it's too, it, it got to cost too much, cost too much, but it really is not as expensive as you, it's really more affordable than most guys think it is, it's more, you get more bang for your dollar, you, for what an elk hunt in the states would cost you, you get to shoot probably six or so animals over there for that, if not more, so, you know, when it comes to price per animal it's a no-brainer it's it's a lot it's more affordable and it ain't all at one time so you go over there and enjoy your hunt and then later you you, you pay your your dip and pack service or if you're going to get them mounted over there you pay for your taxidermy work over there and then it then it rocks on several months to a year and then you pay you get your shipping bill and get it back into the states and it's it's drawn out it's not all that one one time either so it's a lot door to it but it is a probably the funnest thing i've ever done it i've been three times and i'm going back in 2025 in which one of our customers are going to win a free hunt this year to go with us so it's uh it's a good it's a really good experience for sure and it's you will really have a good time for certain
the best thing we've ever done. Yeah, sure. <laughs> as far yeah. as a hunt, uh, without a doubt, we. That's the, that's the most fun you'll have. I don't care what anybody says. No. So you go over there and you experience it. There's, I mean, you can't you can't talk about it enough until you experience it and you go over there and see what it's about. That's exactly right. And there's so many animals over there that you, you don't, you're going to see animals. Oh, and no, yeah, no. you don't know what you're going to see. You, you know, it's just so much different stuff there to, to actually hunt, which makes it exciting to me. And it gives you something different. About everybody's got a whitetail on their wall. You know, you get to go over there and shoot something that somebody else hadn't got. Just makes a makes it fun, right. and the way they treat you, you know, especially with you know, I imagine all of them are the same way. But you know, which I've been with two different outfitters, and I've been with Louie with Komodo Safaris. I've been with him twice, and I go back with him again in '25. So I mean, it's uh, the way they they treat you, they take care of you. And they don't want nothing happening to you, so you know they're really gonna bend over backwards to for you to have a a really really fun trip. Now I like I like hunting in the states too, though. You know I like hunting turkeys in other states, and I like going to Texas a little good bit. So there's there's things over here, but you can only go when you go. It's usually for one animal, and you ain't gonna go shoot four or five. You know. And that's what we've tried to tell everybody on here that, well, we've been talking about getting you on for a while now <laughs> and uh, talking about the difference because a lot of people, a lot of people, Dan, and we hear it here at the process, when we process and dealing with all of our customers, a lot of people talk up down about uh, high fence hunting. Uh, and when you go to Africa, 99.99% of everything's in a high fence. Uh, and that so I'll let you talk about that for a little bit because you've experienced high fence hunting here You've experienced it there. You've experienced it where it's actually hunting and when it's not hunting I'll tell you, it's, it's freaking hunting over there. It may be high fence, but well, the place that the lodge that we stayed at was what 9,000 acres right there. Yeah <clears throat> Lots of it depends on the acreage and How thick the terrain is if it's real open I mean, just think about hunting in the U.S. I've got, I mean, I'm talking to an outfitter in New Mexico for a pronghorn. You know, I mean, that guy right there, he, I mean, he's pretty much, I mean, it ain't going to take one to two days to shoot, shoot a pronghorn. I mean, he's pretty well knows that you're going to kill. So, but you, you're driving around in a, a vehicle spotting your antelope, so it ain't any different. Uh, you know, I mean, I can see if they got her tied into a, a little bitty, arena but when you're hunting probably one place we hunted over there was was uh nearly ten thousand acres uh, is what it wound up being when you could figure it in acres and under one fence and and you drive all day and you wouldn't even see i mean we might see one kudu i don't even know if we saw you know in 10 days of hunting on that piece of property i don't even think we've seen one, two, five kudu the whole 10 days over there and didn't see any impala. Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's thick, thick bush and we seen one water buck, no, two water bucks there. Uh, but you, 
no shots, and we drove around on that place nearly 10 days over there. So don't think it's shooting fish in a barrel by any means. It, it, you can come home empty-handed as far as something, certain animal that you want. Uh, but you, you're going to have opportunities at other stuff also, though. But even here hunting in a high fence here we've not i've not hunted a whitetail in a high fence but i have hunted exotics in texas but you go out for we've been on a 1200 a 1200 acre ranch out there and the axis deer pretty much whooped our ends out there i mean and you it just if they wind you it's gone over with so it's it's same way if you got to set up with a wind and hope they come in but if not then it's over but it's it ain't a lot different um, some people will say the same thing but then again the same people that'll knock it will want to lease up the best properties around here they want it all to themselves, so they don't want anybody else hunting it so they'll hoard up everything they can get their hands on but then they won't talk bad about someone else that's going to go to a high fence but when they're doing the same thing, other than they're taking up all the good property that's, that's really good hunting, and that increases their opportunity versus someone else hunting a little bitty, a little bitty track and ain't got much to hunt. So, I mean, it, it's all about pretty much the property. Same way with whitetail hunting. I mean, we've hunted on some tracks and land you can hunt six seven years and you ain't gonna kill you might kill a 120 inch deer off of it and then we have hunted on some property that you may get a shot at a at 130 inch deer or better every year off of it uh, or every time you sit in the stand i mean you know it just almost property goes a long way i mean it you have to have a right spot some places are better than others and some places hold better deer than others so then I've, I mean, I'm not uh, an idiot about it. I mean, I've killed a whole lot of whitetail uh, with a bow and a gun. So I'm, I'm pretty knowledgeable when it comes to reading the woods. So if you're putting your time in and you got the time to hunt, you know, your odds get it increased, but that's just part of it. Having a good track of land goes a long, long way, though. You can, I, to, I told a guy this, this, I said, he was talking about killing uh, what a big, something about big deer or whatnot, and he was bragging. I said, well, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll tell you how it is. I said, I'll take you on an elk hunt right here in Dogtown. But I said, our odds of killing one is very, very slim to none. I said, so if you ain't got a big deer running around your property, you just ain't going to kill them. I mean, you got to have them to, to be able to harvest the things, and that's just how it is. Hmm. <laughs> no, zero. Yeah, zero. Uh, and, and talking about that, on top of having, we've said on here about the money that you have tied up in your hunting leases. Let's say you work like we do and don't have no time. Uh, versus going out west on a high fence or going on a good hunt somewhere or going to Africa, the difference in that? Well, the difference, if you taking, like I used to do, 
I was spending uh, just in turkey leases. I was I was trying to I was spending probably two to three thousand dollars a year in Alabama just paying leases, le subleasing, buying turkey permits, and I would drive from Dogtown. Take me an hour or longer to get to the leases that we had leased, and you got to get up, got to hunt every day, stay on top of it to be successful, and then. Now, we don't have the time, so your business is growing, and you go, okay, well, I don't have that as money. Your phone's ringing, so you, when you go hunting, you got to get back, you got to work, and it's just the stress of it. So now, instead of spending all that money trying to kill something around here, and then you got everybody and their brother in the club that's fussing and gripping about if you shoot one, they don't want you killing something or whatnot. Well, now you take that money, you can book a hunt somewhere and usually kill your turkeys in, in a two to three days a lot of times and get away from this and enjoy it, get away, see some different country, or go on a different type of hunt and do the same thing. It, I would rather spend my money. Everybody's going to spend money. That's the same way with the deer, like deer processing. They'll complain about someone going up a little bit, but then... They'll turn around and they'll pay. It was corn was seven dollars a bag, and now they're paying eleven or twelve dollars a bag. It, they're still going to buy it, and they sit there and gripe about you charging ten dollars more to do something. But then they'll spend all it can, all they can spend to to shoot a doe or a little old year and a half old, two and a half year old buck off of it. But then fuss about the price of having someone do work for you. So it it's sort of strange how they think, but that's the way it is, and I don't understand it myself, but but that's the way they do. All right. Well, y'all got that. <laughs> I was out of the room for just a minute, so I got lost there. Uh and, and we talk about a lot of uh, dad. He he has killed his world slam. Uh, so we go into that for a little bit. Uh, let him talk about that uh, and how he killed it. All of his birds uh, and what? Because uh, that's that should be that's I think every turkey's go or every turkey hunter's goal is to kill their world slam eventually. And a lot of. Uh, <laughs> talking about the different ways of hunt or talking about how people look at hunting and like he said when you go pronghorn hunting and you're riding around in a truck all day well that's how some people turkey hunt too uh we've been in wyoming and that's the way they wanted to do it yeah and that different places hunt different and mexico was totally different so i'll let him take that and tell you that our, our slam me and Justin Wood, one of my real good buddies, we uh, we we started chasing the slam, and uh, we we killed Easterns here. But then we decided to go. Uh, we drove to Kansas and hunted with uh, uh, Fallen Feathers, Kale Bloomberg, I think was his name. And we got out there, and it's wide open country, and everybody we were used to hunting in this thick, you know, thick mountainous area with a lot of pines and everything else well you go out there and my goodness and they was me and justin and another boy 
uh, Corey Mashburn. And then we drive out there, and in two days, we've done killed six turkeys. And I was like, holy cow. But then you, you get out there, and it's wide open. You can see across a mile across a field, so you can spot the turkeys. And if you got a wood line, get run a wood line or a ditch and get down there and set up and call them down it, or you ambush the freaking things, one of the two. Uh, so, and it is legal to bait. It was legal to bait in Kansas. I ain't been out there in several years, so I don't know for sure if the bait law is still there. But the guy that we hunted with, he didn't bait at the when we went. They wasn't no bait out. Uh, we just drove around till we found turkeys, or we could get one to strike up, and we hunted them running gun just like we did here. But you could see a lot more, so it made it a little bit easier, and you had the the proper terrain to get close to them and we're here you if you don't hear the turkeys then you don't know where they're at if you in some pines or mountains if they ain't gobbling it's easy to bump them and then we uh, left there and uh, let's see we went after the merriams in wyoming and then my wife went and justin went and we killed our merriams out there we could kill two birds then and we shot two apiece out there and then we went after me and justin went after our osceola with snn outfitters and we killed our osceolas with them and that was the best turkey hunting i i believe the florida's got to me that was the best turkey hunting i've ever experienced as far as bird numbers uh they got the turkeys where we was at and uh, they, we, uh, we all killed birds there. And then that completed my slam, my grand slam. So then we ventured into Mexico. So we went after a Gould's hunt and flew into uh, Durango City and met our outfitter there, picked us up. We drove up into these big, big rocky cliff mountains. And these birds, they'll sell, they'll pitch off them tops of them mountains all times of day and just glide to one ridge to another. It was, you know, it was something else there. Uh, we killed a bird apiece. Um, and then we booked our, uh, our oscillated hunt with El Hakun Outfitters at the NWTF in Nashville. And then, uh, so we went out there. Now, that was a total different experience. Turkey hunting. Don't even think it, it ain't nothing like our birds. So it's a total different type of hunt. But, uh, but it's, it's different, and it's a very beautiful trophy for sure. And, uh, and they'll treat you very, very well out there. So that's how we killed our, we done our world slam. So, and it was completed. So I'll move on to shooting all my stuff in Africa now. <laughs> you made a pretty good dinner. Yep. Yeah. He even talked about all of his ducks. Uh, the, the, he's killed about everything there is to kill in North America, except for what, five? I like a few, but I don't have I don't have the time to duck hunt no more because of deer season. Um, so it, you're limited to, we don't get to hunt a lot during meat season. It, 
once rival bow season we can hunt and uh, and I do take advantage of the bow season I get up every morning and try to get in the woods and I know my season's short I'll get up go archery hunt somewhere close and I'll come in and then I mount I actually do taxidermy work and mount through bow season and then we cut we have to process about two to three days a week and then my helpers will cut in the afternoons during bow season and I generally will mount uh, but now when gun season gets here, my time is is cut short on taxidermy, so we have to take care of all the meat. So it gets it gets so busy that it takes all of us to handle that part of the shop. There's no time off. No, no time, time off. Seven days a week, Christmas Day, Christmas Eve, Saturday, Sunday, all week, every day. I've been woke up at... 10 o'clock to 2 o'clock in the morning, phone calls. Hey, man, can can uh, we just have got this deer out of the woods? We've just found him. Can they bring that deer to you? Sure, come on. Call me when you start coming up the mountain. I'll help you out. Get out. Eyeballs glued together in your underwire. Go out there and fill dresser deer and put it in the cooler for them. <laughs> That's basically about right, but we handle it. I mean, that's one of the reasons we do so much business is customer service where somebody's always here, somebody's always there to help you. It ain't like a lot of places around. If you ain't got it filled dressed, you can't drop it off. You can't drop it off after 8 o'clock at night. Yeah. Whenever you get here, somebody will be here, take care of it. You ain't got to touch it. We may charge you a little bit more. Uh, you may get a little bit more. <laughs> depending on the time of night. But. Yeah. Used to didn't do that, but it's I'm getting old. It's you gotta you gotta put some kind of boundaries there because you're you have no life. Your wife, my wife, pretty much is single. Even though I'm right outside the door, that's pretty much she's sing a single woman till until the end of deer season. But uh, then we start getting moving gearing back into a regular routine, and then. But it ain't, it's just, it's not a normal routine either. Uh, I don't know other than if I'm here, I generally help people. But if I'm gone, that's something I can't help. I can't help. I got to be able to take care of that some other how. Are you getting in the group of it now? Nah. <laughs> He'd talk your ears off about uh, these Osceola hunts if you were here in person. <laughs> Osceola hunts? I mean, uh, all your turkey hunts. Yeah. Tell you the whole story. The other people wouldn't be as ugly as you. <laughs> oh, but no, that's... Uh, yeah. Heck, Noah does it for an hour once a week. Yeah, we do have somebody else talking with us most of the time on the phone. Uh, but guys, that'll wrap us up for this week. It's a short podcast. Uh, as always, uh, check us out on uh, Spotify and Apple uh, Podcast. And uh, once again, check out our show sponsors: uh, Three Rivers Coffee Company, Rectifier Tote Tubes, Conviction Game Calls, 
Apex Protein Snacks and Cirrus Wind Indicators and use the code WC Outdoors for 10% off at checkout. Uh, thank you guys for listening in. Give us some likes on uh, Facebook and maybe we'll see you this fall. Thank you.